Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we have a very interesting situation to resolve. Uh, but first, I'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you've not had a chance to check out what we have to offer on Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, where by the time this episode airs, no doubt our shenanigans at Origins 2023 are now known, and you can all make yourselves readily available of many cast faces and reactions to all the silliness. With that to bed, we need to get to introductions, which begin to my right. Hi there, this is Mike, and I play James Robert Fraser, who has just spotted that there may be a robbery taking place. Oh yes, a a double murder and a robbery, it seems. At least from the facts and evidence in front of you, to Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, this is Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and people need to stop burning things I want to read. You know, that's true. That seems to be getting to be a little bit of a trend. You'd want to be probably careful with that. Uh, no German reading, by the way, just uh, just a local tip. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Strauss, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and we're just trying to get ahead in our business here in Sofia. Indeed you are. Keep that head on a swivel. I'm sure it will prove to be useful this session. To Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and I think it'll all be fine if we can just keep our heads about us. A capital plan indeed, Miss Bellinger. And last, but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And Richard is down on hit points, down on sanity, and I think he's got his last pair of trousers. That sounds exceedingly scary, especially the trouser situation. So before we get started, I think it would be very good to do a luck refresh. So we will go directly back to our first chair and have Spike, who plays Mr. Fraser, give us a luck roll. Righty-ho, I've got a luck of 77 at the moment, so I'm quite fairly nicely off. And I've rolled a 60. I am going to give you three points of luck. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Rena, who plays Lady Elizabeth. So I rolled an 87 over 76. All right. That is 10 points of luck for you. And Giles, who plays Mr. Griffith. Well, I rolled an 18. But fortunately, my luck is a 16. That's how low I am. Ooh, fantastic. That could be greatly beneficial, and it seems it has been on the die. Uh, so that is 18 points of luck for you. And Miranda, who plays Miss Bellinger for us. Yeah, so I have 24 luck, and I fumbled my luck roll. I rolled a 99. Uh, so that is 16 points of luck. Oh, fantastic. If I feel so alive right now. Just give it time. 
And then uh, last but certainly not least, Martin, who plays uh, Professor Courtney, please, a luck roll, sir. So Richard has 58 luck. And we rolled a 37. Uh, that's nine points of luck for you. Excellent. That's that's good. So, when last we left, there was a disturbance. Not in the force in this dusty storeroom. So we will pick it up with Mr. Fraser launching himself into this room, deeper into this room, where he is uh, going to attempt to, I would imagine, halt whatever um, dark forces are attempting to get away with murder and possibly theft. So for clarity's purposes, you do have your gun out. Are you going to utilize it? That is my plan, yes. So I think Fraser has seen these people murdered. He is aware of what the stakes are. He is fairly confident that this storeroom houses the head of the simulacrum. So he's kind of put two and two together and come up with an answer that suits himself. And if I can see that someone is trying to climb out the window holding something that looks like it could be roughly head-shaped, I want to stop them. In order to do that, because I'm not particularly keen on being a murderer myself, despite having been imprisoned for that very crime not that long ago, I want to try and shoot them to disable them if I can. So either shoot them in maybe the arm so it forces them to drop whatever they're holding or shoot them in the leg so they, they fall and you know they maybe, hopefully they don't fall out of the window, fall inside, but either way, fall and drop whatever they're holding so that that gives us a chance to, um, to catch up with them and grab it. For the visualization of this, um, I don't have a problem with your plan. I think there's going to be a disadvantage to um, a called what is effectively a called shot. While you're not firing into a melee, there are other people huddled around this space. They're also trying to get out the window before. I mean, only so many people can get out the window at one time. Uh, the person who's carrying this object is in that lead position to go out the window, but they haven't made it out yet. So they are a valid target. So I'm just going to shout, stop where you are, and then I'm going to shoot. Yeah. I'm not going to wait to see if he stops, because <laughs> I know he's not going to, but at least I'll have made plain my intention. Yep. And let's see. A firearms of 45. Mm -hmm. However, because I've got an associated skill, my, my rifle is 72, that, I believe, um, allows me to increase my firearms by plus up to plus 10 to a maximum of 50%. I rolled a 97. I think it's reasonable to say that your associated skill would give you enough bonus to cover the versus the fumble problem you have currently. I am okay with that. Okay, so that just that just goes wide then, that shot. Mm -hmm. I would have to spend quite a lot of luck, 47 points of luck to make that a success. I, I, I think I'll just let it go. Okay, I was I was just going to say I would reference your previous statement as you're saying you have all the luck in the world. 47 points of luck I'm going to spend on that from my current luck of 80. And that is with technically the disadvantage die also rolled. So I'm going to have you roll damage. Pitiful four points of damage. You wing this person. A shot rings out for all of you. Does he drop? whatever he's holding that's the question because that is my that is my 
intention to try and make him do that. Certainly. Let's give him a luck roll to see if he can hang on to it. I'm going to say that he's going to drop it. Now the question will be, does it drop inside the room or does it drop outside of the room? It does drop out the window. You fire. You, with a just a sheer, sheer luck perhaps, manage to squeeze that bullet between the arm and the body of one of the men trying to get out the window, and you shoot him in, well, his posterior, which jolts him upright. And he bangs his head and shoulders into the window frame, and the window clatters down just a little bit, and you see this object, whatever it is, pop out of his arms. And that that is your action. He's dropped it! So, fortuitously, on 85, Miss Bellinger, the old man who you were helping, we'll just say, carefully guide to the floor, that that has happened now. My question is, is with Fraser shooting and this sort of something is going on in that room, what, what do you think Maggie would do, especially after hearing Fraser say he's dropped it? Oh, well, I mean, the guy's down, so <laughs> he doesn't have to care for him. He's probably fine. And so I would have rushed towards the commotion as one Maggie Bellinger often does. Okay. Uh, you rush in where angels fear to tread. Maggie has a move of eight. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask you, Miss Bellinger, are you planning on spending your entire movement? Uh, you could get all the way to the back of the room by doing so. But upon entering the room, you're going to encounter a couple things. If she's going in sort of at haste to collect everything, or more specifically, a head, mm-hmm. uh, she's going to encounter first a rather grisly scene. But I'd like to have her make a sand roll versus what she's seeing here. That is a fail, 56 over 45. All right. You are going to lose one point of sanity in that regard. Um, so this is grisly and ghastly and clearly there really isn't any way to deal with this as far as you're concerned other than some frightful response or some type of um, uncontrolled response so I would just ask you what is Maggie's uncontrolled response to seeing this what is, what is the thing that she she can't seem to gather herself what thing happens to her Yeah, I think it might be like a freeze response. Like she wasn't expecting to run in and see this, even though Maggie's seen some shit in her day. (laughs) Run in and and then she is all of a sudden facing this. So it probably is like a gasp, hold like holding over mouth, hand over her mouth, and maybe even like a back, like she runs in, but then immediately back against the wall. Mm Mm-hmm like almost in like a half retreat, but the wall is there. So she's just like trying to get as far away from it in that room as she can. Okay. So you step, you step in far enough. I will, I'll rule given the width of the storeroom and the available space that you don't become another object in the way of any future firearms attacks, because you're, you're clearly trying to back yourself away from what you're seeing, what's going on. You do sort of collide with a storeroom bookshelf and you grab onto it because it's something firm and, and, and sturdy and real and likely is one of very few items in this room that's not sprayed with some sort of blood pattern. You do see in the room, in the depths of the room, that there are a couple of men trying to get out a window. 
and it looks like they may or may not be pushing someone out a window. So you did go after Mr. Fraser. You went on 85, but also on 85, the gentleman you shot, Mr. Fraser, is going to continue out the window. That is his action, hollering in pain, but uh, he does manage to get out of the window. All right, so directly after 85 is going to be Simon on 80. Okay, Simon's entering the room after Miss Maggie. Yep. And he sees the cluster fluff that's going on in the room at the moment. He does. He sees two gentlemen at this point. I, I will, um, I'll stretch the word of the use gentlemen here. At the end of the room, they are in dark clothing. They have high collars. They have ha- fedora hats on. Not fezes, just for everybody's benefit. What you do notice at the end of the room, again, those two gentlemen, you notice the gore fest sort of in the middle of the room. These are unfortunate souls who've likely been caught in the middle of something terrible, but there really isn't a bone in your body that will give it focus at this point. Your job, your mission here is to secure something or to stop them from whatever they're doing. So you don't have to make a sand roll in this regard. You don't have any feeling for them. My eyes just roll past that looking at the targets. Mm -hmm. You said there's a couple men and they could be grappling somebody else trying to push them out a window. Is that correct? So the person who they had, see, maybe you probably still see their arms uh, sort of finishing pushing someone out a window. That is something that that you would see. You wouldn't have seen the package because that's already out of that person's hands, and that person already took an action to get themselves out of the window, I would say that you'd, you'd probably see these two gentlemen sort of finishing off, pushing somebody out a window. Am I able to say anything to Simon when, he, when I see him running in? I mean, he'll see me standing with my arm outstretched, pointing my uh, my Webley at the window. You, Simon, at this point, you would have heard, st- what, freeze, stop, something like that, halt, etc. You would have heard the pistol shot, a Webley that you're fairly familiar with with how it sounds but I don't have any problem with you speaking to him as long as you can encapsulate it in about six words oh yeah drop the head out the window Simon Um, Simon's sprinting as fast as he can with the slightly reduced movement from the botched Anton healing experience sure but he still is a tall man with a large stride and he closes with the two at the window with his dagger and just sticks it in the back of one, pushing him out of the way while he gets to the window. All right. So you can go ahead and make your fighting brawl roll. He's going to attempt to dodge. Uh, That's a 10. It's just a hard. I missed it by two. Well, I can spend the two points of luck if I need you to make it extreme. I mean, it's your luck. We're here. You tell me what you'd like to do. Well, I've got 34, so I still have above that magic number. So we'll go ahead and make it a 32 and an extreme. Okay. So uh, as it's a bladed weapon, it'll impale. So go ahead and full damage plus roll damage. 17 points of damage. You see something else occur in the room, Miss Bellinger. And that is the rather tactical movement of your friend and fellow traveling companion, Simon Griffith, enter the room. And when he does so, 
there's a blade that sort of appears in his hand. You didn't see it there before. It's a stabbing motion, right? Stabbing down, stabbing up, etc. Stabbing down with my height into his back. So it's sliding in at an angle. Yeah, so we would call this um, sort of a soldier's death. The blade comes down very swift. And there's a, a rather sickening crunch sound. And then you get every moment of listening to a man choke on his own blood. <coughs> it's as if the world stops just to hear it. And when that blade comes out, the ceiling and the walls nearby are spattered and sprayed with the arterial leftovers. But there's one less combatant. So that is Simon's action. So now Lady Elizabeth on 64. So did I hear, because I'm just out, like outside the room, but I haven't gone in. Did I hear Fraser yelling that the head got, what we assume is the head got dropped out the window? I think that's probably reasonable enough for you to hear. Yeah. He's shouting right by the sort of entranceway to the room. Yeah. Even though the Doppler effect, him shouting into the room is going to sound different. It's going to echo back. Yeah. He'd probably still hear that. So if we're on the ground floor, then I'm going to go try and go outside the building to get to the head or whatever I assume it is. I know it'll take a while, but there's a lot of people already in that room and I'm not sure what my presence would do other than confuse the the scene. So my idea is we need someone outside to try and grab it. So that's what I'm going to do. You turn around, take your full move back down the university hall. You know the door that you came in, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the only egress point. You're basically looking for any door that exits on that side of the building. So I'll say it's going to take you, we'll just say at least a D4 rounds to exit the building. That's three. Okay. So you'll spend this round moving and then the next two, and then you'll be out of the building on that side, likely in some sort of courtyard, etc., or quad area. Okay. So now for initiative 60, the man who is beside you, Simon, takes an object out of his trench coat. It's long. It has a bulbous end at one point, And it's not the thing that you want to see today. Uh, this is something you're somewhat familiar with, having served in the war. It is a Model 24 German stick grenade. You mean a potato masher? Uh-huh. He engages it and drops it on the ground nearby. That is his action, but he will get to move as well. Uh, So he flings this on the ground, not necessarily towards you. And that is the scariest thing. For you, Mr. Fraser, this is a nightmare that comes at you. Yeah, it's not the first time I've seen one of these. No, sir. But it does not go off just yet. It will go off shortly. Just like every grenade, it goes off. It goes off at the least appropriate time. That's what grenades are. They're sort of like a party foul. Uh, He'll take his movement to extricate himself from the building via the window. He does not seem to give any pause or care to his compatriot, who you've recently just removed from existence. All right. That leaves the professor on 50. So seeing... Maggie dart in for some reason he can only fathom. She's after another one of these body parts, probably. 
he's gonna rush in there and uh, and hey uh, Maggie, what 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 are you doing? Yeah, it's it's this the dangerous things going on in there. Come come on, this is not uh, not not right. Come on, and then he's just gonna sort of run in while saying this and try and pull her out. Okay, so you run over to her in an attempt to pull her out because there's obviously something wild going in here. Uh, and it's at this point you see a headless body, a man who's had his skull caved in by a bookcase. Maggie's continuing to sort of scream and grab at the book rack. And that's when this metal ping hits the floor. And you're not a, a man of war professor, but you are uh, likely educated enough to know what one of those things are. So you just run into a room to grab a friend and there seems to be a live grenade in it. Come on, we're getting out of here. And he's going to pull Maggie by the shoulders and attempt to prise her off the bookcase and, uh, and out of the room. Okay, as I always like to do, I'll ask you, Miss Bellinger, are you resisting? I think after my come in again and sand loss and everything that's happened since I came in this room, that I would likely not resist. I don't have that much of I have a death wish for Maggie, but not that big of one. So Richard's move is seven. I will say that you spend likely half of that getting to Maggie. You'll spend the other half of it heading out of the room. What is at likely high speed? So we will consider you and her still at the edges of the room for the rest of this. The moment in this scene. And it's at that point that I will. I'll have to ask you first, uh, Spike. Is Mr. Fraser going to continue to utilize his Webley? He's going to run away. Maggie, you're going to continue to run with the professor on 85. Absolutely. Simon, we come to you at 80. Question. So I am over by the window now where the two gentlemen were pushing the one out. Yep. Except one of them is now on the floor. The other one dropped a potato masher on the ground and he threw it to the center of the room. Not because you said it wasn't at our feet. It was not at your feet. No, he threw it back towards the room. And is he trying to go out the window? Uh, he has gone out the window. That was his movement action was to leave the <laughs> to leave the room. Uh, I will do the same. You take your movement action to leave the room, which is a fantastic move. Oh, there's a grenade in this room. Let me step out the window. It's one of the few things Simon is afraid of. It's a healthy fear. I mean, who wouldn't have a healthy fear of grenades? All right. So that said, Lady Elizabeth will spend her action continuing uh, around the university. Uh, although this university is about to get a, 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 f a very immediate facelift. And then we come to 60, which, incidentally, is the same action initiative that this grenade will go off on. And so, I'll tell you what, Mr. Fraser, why don't you roll me luck? We'll see who goes first. That's a resounding fail on my luck roll. Resounding fail, you say? All right. Well, we'll consider you uh, in the room as this attack happens. So here is the good news. The good news is the Model 24 only has a three yard radius of damage, right? And so there are no characters currently who are at what we would call ground zero of the attack. And so no one will take 3d6, which is very helpful. For every yard, it loses a d6. And so there are no investigators who are within six feet of this. Right? 
So we don't have to worry about that. But there are multiple investigators who are within three yards of it, and they will all be taking a D6 damage. And that would be the professor, Mr. Fraser, and Miss Bellinger. You'll all take two points of damage. It'll be all better after a night's rest. So there is a an explosion, a concussive force blast that goes off in this storeroom. It shatters all the windows in the room. It upends bookcases. It likely sets things, certain papers and boxes on fire. Those of you who are trying to get out of the room are propelled out of the room and into the hallway. Uh, it is something that you certainly hear, Lady Elizabeth. You hear that down the hall, that there is a bomb that has gone off. But that said, you are all able to, we'll say, not take the worst of it. Uh, and that means that it's your action on the rest of your action, Mr. Fraser, on 60. Uh, I'm kind of guessing that I've been blown off my feet. Certainly. My gun is probably out of my hand. So I will scramble to my feet, grab the gun, take a look back into the room to see if there is a clear path to the window for me. If so, I'm going to run through the debris of the room and go out the window. But if not, I'll try and get round to the other side of the window by running out the corridor. Yeah, I'm going to say that because the grenade just went off, there's likely way too much smoke in the air for you to see anything clear at all. It is shattered and pulverized a ton of wood and paper into the air. And so you wouldn't have a clear look at that window in any way, shape or form. Be a big, nasty cloud in front of your way. How long do I think it's going to take me to run around the building? Is it going to be substantially slower to go down the corridor out the door and around the building to the other side than it would be just to, to um, clamber as quickly as I can across the debris of the room and hope that there's just a big hole where the window was that I can jump out of? It'd probably take you twice as long to, to go around. You're, you're figuring. I'm going, even even with having to negotiate the rubble, I'm, I'm going to go through the room, then through the, hold my breath and uh, go through the room, gun in hand. Okay. You spend the, your movement going carefully, hustling through the debris and the smoke to get to the window. Yeah, I won't, I won't call for a dex check. I, I think that anything that would have been in your way is now sort of out of your way. And the floors here, there's no subfloor for you to fall through it's all you know likely some type of poured concrete with wood flooring over it so there's there's nothing that you would have to necessarily navigate yeah i'm, I'm kind of guessing that i'm gonna have to scramble over exploded bookcases and the like and there's probably bits of peat person scattered around the room as well well where that blast went off was more or less where the person had been decapitated at and so you are We'll just say having um, some recalling some memories from times in France when you had to focus forward and not look at what was going on at your feet. But that said, um, it's uh, Professor Courtney's action on 50. You have survived a grenade attack. So Richard is going to continue to pull Maggie out of the room. I mean, if he's been sort of blasted, I'm guessing he's still on his feet or... Yeah, you're, you and her are still on your feet. You you had made it basically to the edge of the room when it went off, and it sort of pushed you out of the room. Now, you seem to have tumbled over the professor, the older professor, and I think it's fair to give you um, a quick spot hidden roll to see if you pick up on something. 
Ooh. So that's a 79. Oh, over 77. You can spend the two if you like. It's up to you. No, I can't imagine good things are, are here, so I think, I think I'll remain ignorant. I love that. I love that for you. Mm. Professor, I'm going to play a hand of fate against you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that a success. Yeah, you bet. You, having extricated yourself from the room and having pulled Maggie along, you see the now corpse of the older man at your feet. And what turns you and your stomach just a little is the fact that he seems to have suffered from some sort of terrible fate that included blood from his ears and eyes. And there is this sort of weeping lines of blood all the way down his face and into his beard and thick white mustache. That's not the hard part, though. The hard part is the fact that his eyes are open and they're making eye contact with you. I think Richard's just going to continue to uh, drag Maggie away from this situation. He doesn't really know what happened in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went. She, she was in there. He dragged her out. Everything went bang. Strange man bleeding. Yeah, let's let's get out of here. Come on, Maggie. There's, there's no, nothing good here. We we must leave. All right. Speaking of Maggie, we're going to get to Miss Bellinger now. It's the top of the round. It's her action. Since Fraser is the only one with a gun out, but doesn't have anyone to shoot at. On eighty-five, Miss Bellinger. I consent to fleeing with Richard. Okay. I can sort of, what we'll do then is sort of tuck the two of you away as fleeing. Can you tell me where you're fleeing to? Well, an explosion just went off in a building. So <laughs> I feel like we would be trying to get the heck out of there. All right, then. So Simon on 80, you are outside the building, uh, having, I guess, hunkered down. Uh, using the brick and uh, mortar to to protect you from the grenade blast. Pretty much dived through the window and rolled. And when his head is right side up, he's still prone because of the explosion. He's going to look for where the gentlemen are running to. Okay. Now go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll. That is an 18. Hard success. And we'll say we'll give you three things, three, three fairly important things. One, the quad here that this, well, the window exited out onto uh, does have some sporadic tree cover, right? It's a nice place for university students to relax and to, you know, work on their papers, read their books, etc. Perhaps enjoy music coming from the music department, which isn't terribly far away. Two, in conjunction with those trees, you see that there are a couple of dark clothed figures by nearby trees who seem to be goading or urging the third thing that you see, which is a shorter, thinner man who is now running at speed away from the building. And you can even tell where he's running to. And that is the street where there seems to be a truck in idle waiting. Do I recognize any of them? Uh, not personally, no. Okay. Simon's going to stand it to his feet and start running. So I would tell you, the player, that it does look like there are men who seem to be watching and 
sort of watching this person make their exit, it is likely that you will have to contend with them at some point. 64, so it has now been three turns since uh, Lady Elizabeth began hustling around and out, and you make for these a series of very large wooden doors that mark the exit of this portion of the university, and you push through them into the, we'll say, mid-afternoon-ish overcast uh, skies and it's a little cold here but you're here now out in the open and you can see in front of you sort of this strange scene begin playing out first there is smoke coming out of one of the university windows on the main floor you likely know why that is two there seems to be a rather striking and well-built individual running now near that window running away from the university there also seems to be another slight shorter man who is ahead of that first man who is running towards a truck you sort of get the entire profile of the situation distance wise unless you have a rifle <laughs> which i don't believe lady elizabeth carries a rifle with her um there's not an immediate action that you can take to stop either one of them um, but it is your action. You're welcome to do with it as you choose. I guess I'm going to keep moving in that direction because I have a 22, but it's not going to be much use from this far away. You uh, you can begin making the your way down that. You realize that if if that truck is pointed in on the street direction you think it is, if you head towards the curb, they'll have to drive past you at some point. And that's where we're going. Okay, that is where you are going. Mr. Fraser on 60, now your action, sir. Okay, so if I get to the window, can I take in the scene outside, or is there that much smoke that I'm going to have to actually jump out the window out and get a little bit of distance from the building to be able to tell what's going on? I'd say that there is a fair amount of smoke. You could stand in the window... I don't really want to stand still at any point during this. You know, I want to. If, if you know, if I can't see enough at a glance as I run towards the hole where the window used to be, then I'm just going to jump out the window and keep running. Uh, you leap out the window. Um, there is a little bit of extra space. The window itself has been blown out, so there's you know another two feet or whatever it is of clearance to get out. So getting out of the window is actually a lot easier because you have headroom. And yeah, then you're behind Simon as he's continuing basically as he's beginning his chase across the lawn here and you I won't make you roll because I know your spot hiddenness is pretty fantastic you do see that there are individuals posted towards this truck where this other that man is running likely with an object that is about football shaped soccer ball shaped etc um, there are people on this path who are looking back at Simon or at Simon and now you and they clearly are clothed exactly like the other assailants. How far away is the truck? So the truck is probably about 30 meters. It's a rather wide green space. Okay, so it's out of range of my pistol. That would be a hard difficulty, I think. I want to try and shoot shoot a tire of the truck. Or even better, I want to shoot the petrol tank. Okay. Um, both would be very difficult rolls. I don't know that you'd be able to get... I don't think the petrol tank is in viewable space for you. 
I don't, I don't think it lines up enough with the way I see the scene. Now, shooting a tire, that's different. Um, you can definitely see that. It would still be a, a pretty difficult... You'd incur a range penalty, obviously, because the truck is beyond. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Can I do that whilst running, or would I have to stop to take aim to shoot? I think you could totally do that while you were running, provided you're willing to take the additional disadvantage in doing it. <laughs> Firing a gun at full speed, even a stationary object, is pretty tough. It's also out of the main range band of that pistol. I think I'll stop, actually. I think I think I will run out to, you know, if I can tell I'm not going to get close enough to actually be able to do anything in close quarters i'm just gonna yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get to a, a clear position stop take aim and fire and try and shoot out one of the, the tires of this truck all right go for it so am i just having one penalty die yeah it seems right the bdi won't apply here no sure yeah here we go well that's a hundred Ooh. okay so that is a that that is a misfire for a revolver that is very rare and uh, it's also a fumble, so... So, it's a hundred. Um, so that's a mechanical failure for the gun. The Webley jams, and you utter a series of curses, likely. But it jams and jams hard, and it, it doesn't want to click over now. You will have to make a successful firearms roll to, um, we'll just say, politely unfuck that weapon uh, before you can use it again. Okay. Given that it's 60... Two men who are watching this third man sort of begin to uh, escape. They are going to step out into the green space from behind cover. Um, and they're going to fire one at each of you. Can I dodge? You can dive for cover. Absolutely. So you're going to dive for cover. That was a four. And so we'll see what it becomes. Very lucky. That is now a 74. So that is a miss. Um, you eat dirt. Oh, happily. Uh, Simon sees a shotgun comes out. He's not even thinking war. He's thinking, uh, you know, people defending their stills in the backcountry. Yeah, uh, it looks like the this shotgun is uh, double-barreled. It's had some of that barrel sawed off so it can be easily concealed. But when it comes up, you hear the definitive click and you eat dirt. And uh, this is something you'd also see, Mr. Fraser... You'd see a shotgun, and then you'd see Simon hit the dirt. And so, um, the other gentleman produces a pistol and aims it at you, Mr. Fraser. And would you like to tell me that you're going to uh, dive for cover? No, I'm just going to keep running. Oh, okay. All right. As a hit. 52 under 60. This is a Mauser. It's an M1919. Does seven points of damage. Ouch. Okay, yeah, I guess I um, kind of recoil from that a bit, but I, you know, I'm keeping running forward and I'm swapping my guns. Okay. So that was 60. Richard and Maggie are still continuing to flee. You're fleeing out of the university just to make sure that we're all understanding where you're at. I think that would be a good idea. Okay. I mean, there's like flames and explosions and stuff. I mean, Richard doesn't really know what went on in the other place, did he? Uh, you didn't really see exactly what was going on. You didn't get a chance to view all the gore and nastiness. It was really the oncoming grenade that turned your heels around. Better right than in, then. 
Yes, so we have to get out of the universe so then we can run towards the gunfire. Correct. Now you're capital thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. So you run out of the university on the heels of one Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, who is seemingly continuing to run, a spry lady that she is now. Perhaps we'll just say she's moving swiftly because running wouldn't be very ladylike, would it? I don't think I care about being ladylike anymore. Fair enough. Especially after seeing Mr. Fraser get shot. Yeah, you would see that too. You would sort of see the whole nastiness going to your right. Simon nearly getting cut in half by somebody with a shotgun, that sort of thing. So this will will end the round as Richard and Maggie continue to flee. Uh, We will get to the top of the round, which uh, isn't Miss Bellinger now that we're on the outside. So, Fraser, you watch this gentleman. uh, Again, I use that term loosely. This man carrying the football, so to speak, run and leap onto the back of the truck to try to get inside. God damn it, I'm just going to have to shoot the guy. Again. Okay. Oh, it's the same guy, right? Okay. Stop or I'll fire! Damn it! And I will shoot him. Okay. I will take a shot. Drop! Whatever you're carrying, no man, you fool! That is a normal success. Clearly he does not listen fast enough, and so you exact upon him a corporal punishment of a pistol. Yeah, it's just 38, so it's just a d10. Yeah, go ahead and roll damage. Nine points of damage. Ooh. But with the four previous, that will put him at zero. All right, so he drops whatever package he's carrying. Um, and since you go on 110 and he goes on 90, he's not going to get a chance to get his action. He doesn't have any superpowers or any specific abilities. But that is not your largest problem. I take it he's dropped it on the ground beside the truck, not into the truck? He has, just just, as a, just at the back of the truck, yes. Given your space in relation to how close you are to the truck, I'm going to give you, at the end of your action, a spot hidden. That's a zero nine. That's an extreme success. Fantastic. Uh, you see something you don't want to see in the back of that truck. Actually, two things, technically. One, a man sitting on a stool. The second thing that you see on the back of that truck is a Maxim gun pointed out the back of the truck. Those of you playing at home, that is an MG-08 Maxim gun. It is a German weapon that was used during the World War, and it is highly effective. I'll just put it this way. For those of you also might be playing at home, it has to be cooled by water to work. And that tells you how powerful it is. Get down, everyone! You scream, get down. Simon... I know has lost his action because he ate dirt. You did say that there were trees in this lawn periodically. Is it enough that I can be scrambling behind a tree? Because I know there's a guy with a shotgun targeting me. You're harder to hit at this range because you're basically flat on your back or stomach. You would be pretty hard to hit. It doesn't mean you can't roll towards a tree. I'm perfectly fine with you rolling towards a tree. That's what he wants to do. He's not trying to make any offensive action. He just had a double-aught buckshot fly over his head. He is not a happy camper. Okay. Um, So, Lady Elizabeth, you hear Fraser scream. He has not had yet the opportunity to hit the dirt. Unless there's any objection between Martin and Miranda, I'm going to sort of close off their actions. They don't seem to be taking any aggressive movements at this point. 
So for clarity of the scene, we'll say that you're continuing to flee. Uh, so on 70, that Maxim gun is going to get a chance to go. And so I guess I'll ask a question I asked earlier, which is, Mr. Fraser, would you like to say preemptively uh, relinquish your next round? Oh, shit, I'm hitting the dirt. Damn straight. Pistols are very different. Rifles are very different than a true weapon of war. A Maxim gun is a war weapon. And uh, you all begin to hear a, a very, very loud, continuous report. This Maxim gun goes off and continues to fire. It fires at the dirt. It fires at you. Mr. Fraser, you know that as you're continuing to stay down to not get hit. This is something you'll see, Lady Elizabeth, from the side. There's a couple things that you see. While this gun is firing, a man comes from around the side of the truck and collects an object on the ground. It's at that point the truck begins to move down the lane. And as it goes, the Maxim gun does not stop firing. It pelts cars, trees, bushes, all sorts of just a complete swath of destruction until it gets about, we'll just say about four or five cars, car lengths down, at which point you hear a metal on metal sound and the firing stops. Is it my turn? It is on 64. Is the man who grabbed the thing on the ground still out of the truck? Um, you can't see him. He's on the other side of the truck. You don't know if he's in the cab or if he's on the side of it, but the truck is between you and him. Well, the gun stopped firing. So can I go around the truck? Everyone else is down. You'd have to hustle into the street to get on the other side of the truck. Okay. Okay, you do so. Um, so when you get on the other side of the truck, you see that there is a, a, like a handle, like a bar handle on the side of the cab. And there's a, a running board on each side of the truck near the cab space. And this man is holding onto the bar and then holding onto the package. Am I close enough to hit him with my cane and try and get him to drop it? Not without some fairly serious athletic type movements from you. How far away is he? I'm guessing he's out of range of everything I've got. I mean, you could prepare for a round until he passes by and shoot him with your 22. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So, past 64. Fraser, you have given up this action because you applied a, a very important disadvantage die to to that gun. So, uh, that is super helpful. Although, uh, just for those of you, again, in the listening audience, just so you're aware, had he not, he'd have been hit. And that that's, a not, a, that's not a weapon you want to get hit by at all. That's a, that's a luck-spending weapon. Richard, you and Maggie duck for cover in a big bush. As this uh, gunfire is going on, you sort of hunker down in a behind a bush and watch the proceedings because you're a little scared uh, with all the gunfire going on. Simon, the following round on 80, I think you have an action. Simon's going to peer around the trunk and try and assess the situation. Because he's been, as you said, eating dirt for the last round and a half. Spoonfuls of it. Absolutely. He doesn't mind. He's a miner. Uh, so, yeah, assessing the situation, it looks like Fraser is trying to take cover uh, either on the ground or 
near a bush or a tree just to not get hit by that Maxim gun. It does sound like the Maxim may have jammed because it suddenly stopped firing, um, but it's left a, a wake of uh, destruction. Uh, do I see anything else? Did the other two people who shot at us, are they still there or did they board the truck? One, there's a there's a body on the street near where the truck was. You're not sure how it got there, but but it's there. And the gentleman with the shotgun? He looks like he's running. As is the other man. Like they're trying to trying to flee the scene. How close are they? Probably 20 or so yards at this point. I'm going to go check, on, or Simon's going to go check on Fraser. Fair enough. So on 70, Lady Elizabeth, I'm going to ask you to make a dodge roll. Because this, this truck driver is going to just decide to lean into the wheel a little bit and try to make you street paced. Got 38 in dodge. Zero six. You have to leap out of the way. This truck careens towards you. As it does so, you watch the man who was holding onto the head dump the head inside the cab of the truck. He seems to fumble for something, maybe like a, a pistol, but he can't seem to get it open and usable by the time they pass you, but they pass you on the street as the truck picks up speed. During its action phase, the truck is going to move, and as it does, it will be continuing its movement to, to get out of range of all of you here. But that said, 64, it will eventually be your action a few moments later. But it's too far away for me to do anything, really, at this point, or... You could try to shoot a tire out. Yeah, okay. It, I wasn't sure if it was close enough for that, so yeah, I'll try and shoot the tire and stop the truck. <laughs> we'll say We'll say hinder the truck, not stop the truck. Hinder, yeah. Hinder, hinder's good. It slows it down. I've only got base and handgun. However, I will spend 20 points of luck to make it an extreme. Okay, so we'll say that you um, turn and square up and fire, and as you do, um, you perforate a truck wheel. It'll give them a disadvantage die as they drive, and they'll be forced on their turn to make a drive roll uh, to succeed and or uh, potentially enter a crash, which is not good for them. We'll go to Fraser on 60. Fraser, you, it looks like Simon is arriving to help you get back up. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Get the truck, they've got the head. The head's not lying on the ground, is it? No, no, sir, it is not lying on the ground. Is the truck close enough that I think I can at a full sprint get onto the back of it? Get onto the flatbed. It's probably it's probably too far. Right. Okay. In that case, so I'm gonna see if I can get a shot off. Try and try and blow another um uh, another tire. Tire. Okay. So you'll be at disadvantage because of the range. But it, go ahead and you'll have to step out into the street to take the shot. Yeah. I know. I like that for you. It's it's fun. Okay. So that would have been a zero four, but it's a fifty four. I can take the tire out. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah. No, I'm. 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 I'm just gonna miss. I'm not gonna spend the luck because if I get hit with a Maxim gun, then it will just blow me apart, and I won't. There will be no coming back from that. Um, so I'm just gonna have to take the miss. Shot goes wide. So let me make a very important drive roll. One wit is at disadvantage. Yep, that is a successful drive roll, only by three points. Uh, so the truck does wobble a little bit. The back end begins to sort of step out a little bit. Um, you can see that happen. Lady Elizabeth, but 
it does get it the full benefit of its movement with a successful drive roll. It does not fall in like you know into a curb or into another car. And then sort of worrisome is the two men at the back of the truck. They are seem to be resetting where they are. Now that it's passing you, you can see that they've reset something, and you see a very dangerous, dangerous weapon on the back of this thing. I assume I'm in range of that now. I mean, yeah, technically speaking, Fraser at the end of the street would be in range of of that gun. But um, he's done the smart thing, and, you know. Did I have time to to take the shot and then try and get behind some cover? Because I know what's coming, quite possibly coming in. I assumed that you wouldn't take the shot without being up against a car or something like that. You'd use that sort of war knowledge to say, yeah, I'm not going to stand out in the middle of the street like some superhero, like... I'm going to use the back end of this vehicle and shoot. You have the benefit, Lady Elizabeth, of choosing to dive for cover. Now, if you'd like to, you may do that. It gives the maximum disadvantage on its roll. Uh, yeah, I've, I've already seen it fire once and I'm dropping. That's an eight. Ow. Okay, so that's an impale from the maximum. Uh, however... I'm going to spend a hand of fate and I'm going to remove the impale tag on that and you are just going to get shot and this may be unpleasant. Okay. Wow. Okay, so you're going to take eight points of damage. I'm on zero. Okay. I had eight. So in the horror of all of this, Fraser... You watch the Maxim gun fire and cut down Lady Elizabeth in the streets of Sophia. She collapses onto the ground, cane clattering on the street. And as the truck continues to move now into the distance, all we have left are the horrors of the day. And that is as good a time to any as to end this episode. And so I'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter, for joining us for this episode of Horror on the Internet Express as we continue in Act 5. Thank you, and good night.